Hi friends, welcome back to another video slash episode of the James Red Podcast. Uh, you may notice that we filmed a similar video to this very recently and we decided we're just going to film another one, so we came up with another topic on the fly because we had so much fun. Uh, we want to talk about our favorite creators, some of our favorite creators, just noodle about about that topic. Maybe we'll discover something. And maybe we'll, we'll discover something, yes. And and why we like them, I think, is another important question yes. to ask. So, name 14 of your favorite creators right now. Just, All right. Uh, I don't think I could do that, honestly, off the top of my head. Well, the, and the crazy thing is that you definitely have 14 creators definitely. that you follow. That you follow, right? Yes. And that you enjoy, and if you met them, you might you might cry a little bit. Maybe. Right. Uh, but when pressed with the question, you go, oh my gosh, who is my favorite or one of my favorite creators? Do you have enough arm room? I got plenty of arm room. Good. Okay. I know you're a tall, you're a tall, linky fellow like myself, so it's good to just make sure we have what we need here. Good. Makes the conversation uh, better. First off, we're both photographers here. Yep. What is, uh, what is your favorite or one of your favorite photographers? Uh, Samuel Elkins. You okay. Him? Oh, he lives here. Did. Did. He moved. He moved to California, so, right? yeah. All right. So, okay, okay. And he does, uh, he does a lot of portrait slash maybe some landscape work. Is that correct? Mostly portrait. Okay. Like 98% portrait, I think. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, what, what is beautiful about his work? I'm curious. Something sticks out about it that I can't really figure out, but I like how his photos are soft. Mm. A lot of people tend to go into Lightroom and then like take the clarity slider and just whoosh, to okay. up to 100. Yeah. And that kind of got tiring. And he sure. watched a few tutorials on like how to edit like him. To there are styles that, can... that age well. Yeah. And there are styles that don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think what he's doing kind of mimics film in a way mm. where it's like really soft and there's some like warmer tones to it. Um, and I think, I don't know. It's just refreshing to see. Cool. Cool. cool a lot cool. of people are copying him cause he's really big, but. Oh, but right from the beginning, I'm now tasked with the challenge of putting everybody we mentioned in the description. So that will be there. Have fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, okay. Uh, favorite. Okay. So my favorite photographer, as I've mentioned many times on this channel is Steve McCurry. Do you know who Steve McCurry is? Sounds familiar. Okay. So he, how dare you? No, I'm just uh, So he is, he's a photojournalist. And so, uh, and you're, you're more focused in maybe a different realm of photography yeah. than I find myself focused in a lot of times. So what I'm doing is street photography and it tends to feel much more raw, but I, I do like a sense of polish in what I do as well. Mm. But definitely street photography kind of has like a more photojournalistic. Oh yeah. To it, so. yeah. Yeah. And that's why I like it. It's the most accessible form of photojournalism. Yeah. And you find, you, you so easily find people downtown yep. if you're a street photographer it's much harder to find people. It immediately becomes harder to find people any other type in any other type of environment on earth, right? right? So uh, Steve McCurry is a photojournalist, a prolific photojournalist. He is the one who took the famous photo of the Afghan girl. Oh, yeah, okay. Then, yeah, I do know him. Yes, yes, yes. So you know of him. You yes. just didn't know him. Uh, his work is ridiculous just yeah, by mere Afghan fact of the Afghan. It's insane. One of the great... Maybe the greatest portrait ever taken. This is so good, and uh, the story of that is also fascinating. But he 
his work is everything that I want to be in a photographer. <laughs> so if you look at his Instagram page, just go, James wants to try to pull that off. All right. And then you'll probably go, oh, good luck, James. Have fun, I hope that works out <laughs> for you. Maybe by the time you're 50, you can, you, you'll be somewhere close. Uh, but the, the way he works with people in a candid fashion in these really exotic environments, he's taking a lot of photos in Afghanistan, he's taking a lot of photos in, uh, in India, all over the place, America, you know, mm -hmm. all over the place. And his, the, the placement of the people in the frame, their expressions is where he is so, he's, he's so prolific. Right. Uh, people, you know, in perfect strides or maybe not perfect strides, but in a different kind of fashion that just really works well. Right. Uh, the, uh, the organization of a bunch of people in a frame in a way that makes sense and is absolutely aesthetically right. beautiful, right? <clears throat> I love that. But his work is also very meaningful because he, he is taking photos of people from all around the world that are beautiful and interesting and they all have stories to them and he's able to to capture that and uh, you know the only thing that you'll find well so i think sometimes he'll put captions of what's actually going on in the frame to give some right. context but sometimes i i'm fairly positive the context is very simple but the photo stands on its own right and you're able to grab a, a beautiful context of their environment and who they are and what you know something about their life that they're living he he has He's sort of a middle ground photographer where you have the person in the frame, but their environment is just as much a part of the the image yeah. as they are. Right. But he can also take a ridiculously unique portrait, as we see with like the Afghan girl photo. He has this interesting style that's yeah. that is you can tell that the people know that you're taking their photo and that it's somewhat posed, but it's extremely natural. I feel like, can you slide that camera over just a hair? I feel like it's going to fall off. Great. Okay, now the shots. I don't even know what happened to that shot. Oh, well. wow. Does he shoot on film or digital? I don't, I'm not into quality around here. <laughs> Does he shoot in film or digital? He used to shoot on film, and now he uh, has moved over to digi digital. But I actually got an email from somebody asking me how he pulls off his tones in Lightroom. Oh. And the gist of my response was, I have no freaking idea. Because <laughs> it's, it's, Ask him. It's, tr yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. And it's very, he's, it's very National Geographic. The, the tones are very filmic. And that's another thing I love about his work is that they're not these, these sort of dry, uh, accurate tones that you see from a lot of photographers. I'm curious what kind of post-processing he did on the Afghan girl. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I'm, I'm assuming that one was taken on film. I may be wrong, but he took that one, you know, a long time ago, obviously. Yeah. Now that that woman is actually fully grown um, or older. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, I remember reading something about, yeah. like, her now. They found her. Yeah. Yeah, and then she got into all sorts of uh, issues with, like, her house or something. Like they tried to take her house away. I forget exactly what happened, but... Afghanistan, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, it's, uh, I hear the real estate's really great out there. Uh, but... But his, you know, he's a very versatile photographer in a sense, but he's also very specific. And he takes photos from vast, uh, a vast expanse of different environments and people. But at the same time, they feel very cohesive, which is hard to do. Yeah. Like if you're looking at an Instagram feed, it's hard, it's hard to pull that off when you shoot all of the different types of things he does. So it's like he's this perfect middle ground between diversity and curation. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. That's hard to pull off. 
So that was all the questions that I had on regarding like the value of their work <laughs> in one. So, so we'll move on. Uh, Do you have any other photographers that you want to touch on? Um, there's a few film photographers, but I don't know how deep I could get into their work. Um, I guess I can mention Joe Greer and then okay. George something from Negative Feedback. George something. I'll send it to you. Okay. He has a YouTube channel oh, called Negative Neg Feedback. <laughs> The, the, yeah, I know yes. him from his YouTube yes, channel. Yes, that guy. <clears throat> yeah, his, yeah. His, his, his photos are really interesting. Yeah. They're sort of eclectic. I, I like how it takes like really mundane things and yeah. somehow makes it mm. really cool looking. I, He's I, primarily like landscape yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when he comes to America and does just like the rural American film photography, mm. it's just... He, he'll take a picture of like a freaking Walgreens and make it look good or something. It's oh, insane. I, I'll mention another... Uh, Somebody who does that type of rural photography stuff, I really enjoy. Uh, they live around here. I don't know the name of the actual person, but their username is Great Basin. Have you ever found them? Great Basin sounds familiar. I think I followed them at one point. So they, um, they're on Instagram. I don't even know the gender of the human being, but their photos are very much sort of uh, beauty in the mundane type of stuff. Awesome. And so you know, you may f there might maybe a photo of a factory and a, a photo of uh, like there's one where it's a photo of you see in the background you see a valley that is uh, notorious Utah Valley with right. nothing in it yeah. right and then you have it's on the side of a mountain looking down the mountains in the foreground and then the valleys in the background and it's just this unassuming spot on a mountain with a traffic cone in it <laughs> it's it's but it's so beautiful, awesome. and where, this is where the fundamentals of framing come into play. Right. And the, a lot of these photographers do this so well, a lot of times with their iPhone. And this is why I think it's it's a good idea to shoot with your iPhone and play with your iPhone, uh, no matter what kind of photography you like to do, because right. it's just a good way to round up your fundamentals. And these people kill it on composition. And a lot of times the compositions are super bizarre. Right. They don't necessarily make sense, but they just work. Because they have the eye for it. Yep. <clears throat> but I think shooting on an iPhone is important to do every once in a while because it yeah. kind of forces you into a box. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. almost like shooting on a prime lens on mm -hmm, the camera because you have to, you can't stand in one spot and then just zoom in to get the composition. You have to like walk up to it. It makes you like move around your subject a bit yeah. more. So. And of course, there's an enormous difference between zooming in to, to, to frame and remove clutter exactly. and actually changing your position. Yep. It fundamentally changes the photo. Yep. Uh, but uh, okay, moving on. What is what is a favorite YouTube creator of yours? Do you know what YouTube is? No, what is it? This is where okay. It's so like people, a play button on the logo, right? Right. So <laughs> it is where you sh you share. Have you ever heard of Flickr? Oh yeah, Flickr. Okay, or MySpace even. MySpace back in the day. We'll say Flickr. So Flickr, you share photos on Flickr. You know, you know. Yeah, I know okay. what a photo is. <clears throat> so you share photos on Flickr, and they are these sort of images that don't move. Okay. Right. Yeah, you can comment below. You can maybe share them with a friend if you wanted to via okay. another place. Like, uh, there's a platform called Twitter. You can sh you can share your yeah, photo from going, Flickr huh? <laughs> there. And this can get out of hand. This so I'm just going to let you know. Uh, this is only the beginning. So you share it on Twitter, and maybe their friends take that, and they send it over to uh, Facebook. That's a thing. So anyway, you have Flickr. Okay, YouTube is like that, but 
Everything is censored. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no one makes any money. Everything's demonetized. Uh, it's like that, but video form. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Flickr, but video form. Okay. So, uh, who is your favorite creator on that platform that you've that you've never used before? I'm reluctant to talk about it because we were just talking about it. Please go again. Craig Adams, right now. Okay. For sure. All right. And what? Uh, well, first off, what is what is aesthetically beautiful about his work? Um, he, so basically it's very, oh man, this is hard to explain. I like how he it's, takes it's nuanced. basically like a static shot yeah. and he's touching us a bit, but he just, he gets a stabilizer and then takes that static shot and just adds a little mm -hmm. bit of movement to mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And he uses a lot of classical scores from movies, yes. which ends up. Like his Japan, his long form yeah. Japan vlog. That yeah. whole thing was classical, what, violin or yes. piano music? I forget. But I, I just forget. love how really he special. somehow goes from like beautiful sequence to like 15 seconds of like weird goofiness really? back right into it. And yeah. it just somehow is like 20 to 40 minutes of just like ebb and flow. He's got very bizarre humor it too. It works yeah. so well though. Somehow he stitches it all together and it's just like you don't realize that you're going from scene to scene until you're done. And you're mm -hmm. like, how the hell did I get here? And it yeah. Yeah. My pants. Did you break my desk? Oh, okay. Ripped my oh. <laughs> oh, look, it's more. It's, it's more, more of a hole. Uh, you're you're uh, way more like a poser now, I think is what they Great. call it. Oh, well. Uh, um, but yeah, I just love how they flow, and they're beautifully scored and mm -hmm. shot, and somehow he just makes these extremely cohesive and well-flowing videos that yeah. I can't wrap my he's, head around. He's got a lot of subtle nuance to what yeah. he's up to, and I think that come I mean that comes from him being a filmmaker and his uh, time as a wedding filmmaker as yeah. well. And I just like his overall online presence too. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. yeah. And he's he's also like we were mentioning in the previous video. He's he's a pretty laid back kind of guy, which is a, a nice change of pace. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, I like his stuff too. I, I I find myself watching whenever he puts something out, and I'm just sitting down. I'm scrolling through. I'll go, oh, that's probably interesting. Yeah. Minimalism. What's cool. The, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, okay, so. One of my favorite YouTube. I don't have a favorite. I don't think. Yeah, that's hard to say. That's really difficult. Casey Neistat. But <laughs> Peter McKinnon. <laughs> One of my favorites would probably be, he's just an all-time favorite, and I mentioned him in the last one, but I'll mention him in way more detail because he's, he's, it's like the band that you, but okay, so my favorite band of all time, this is a really interesting one. Have you ever heard of Under Oath? Mm -mm. Okay, they're a band. They are they are a hardcore band. They've changed their sound now, but okay. they're a hardcore band, but like a really unique and beautiful hardcore band. And their music was crafted in a way that is uh, feels almost classical in a okay. sense. People may disagree with me on this, but it's it. There's no you don't know where the course is in the song. Right. Like it's just it's it's and it's it doesn't have the same sort of it doesn't rely on the same sort of traditions of hardcore music which is just like that and like the double kick pedals and this sort of thing it's 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 just really beautiful music to me but it's it's intense i mean it's like you know it's a lot of stuff going on lots of electric guitars and stuff but i love like that energy is just like sometimes i need some of that it's really nice okay so under oath guy was not a band for a while they stopped being a band um my also my favorite drummer is that was another question. My favorite drummer is Aaron Gillespie. He's the he's been the drummer for Under Oath since the beginning. But 
anyway, they got back together, but um, they broke apart, and then I said, they are my favorite band. I don't, good luck anyone trying to overcome that, because right. I absolutely love that. Uh, ben Brown, for me, who is, is somebody who I want to talk about as my favorite YouTube creator, or one of them. Yeah, he's up there for me, too. Is He's just such a prolific creator in the realm of travel vlogging and really polished, well-executed travel vlogging in a style that we were ta- we were saying a second ago, there are styles that age well. Yeah. His style is not... You, his style is so subtle and sort of masterful of the travel vlog. Yep. It's a great example of just making the same thing over and over and over and just perfecting that, like mastering that art of making the same kind of video. Yep. And he he did that so well for such a long time. He's since sort of fallen off. He's come back and it's a little different now. But for the longest time, he was just prolific. He would he was all over the place. He would go to, you know, one week you're like, you're you've come across his channel he's like i'm in the serengeti i'm <laughs> hanging out with some rhinos right yep. the next the next week he's touring with a a, a band because he has a friend who yep. has a band he's touring with them which is super interesting right then he's then you know the next week he decides i'm gonna go to antarctica on an expedition which <laughs> are some of his best vlogs yep. right and then he goes to you know new zealand and then he's in the maldives and it's he he's just a truly prolific travel vlogger. Yeah. And his style is is something that just really stands apart from anything I've ever seen or anything that's out there. Uh, totally agree. The closest comparable person is like a fun for Louie for me. But even his style is not quite this level of polish. And you just watch you watch Ben's stuff and it's just it's just good. Like you're just like, man. Fun for Louis is like an filled. OG, but right. I kind of get bored a little bit. When, yeah, but well, he's been. I mean, he's been at it for so long. So I feel long, like. dude. Yeah. Well, he's his personality is, I think, what gets him along. I think. I think he's got. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it boils a down unique to the sort of human, yeah, humanity-driven kind of personality that's that's interesting, and his his videos are great. And I always know that I can find I can find a new fun for Louis vlog, right? They're always. I don't understand how it keeps up with that. Yeah. He kills yeah. himself over that. And then he decided, I'm going to I'm gonna get in a plane and fly around the world. I know. Like, that's so interesting. I love that stuff. It's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I'm sure I could break it down in more detail with Ben, but really it's just, I like, he has a really sort of smooth personality. He's got a lot of, uh, what's the word, finesse in, in his, in his uh, d- delivery of things. <laughs> and he had his relationship with his girlfriend and that was really nice. He has his favorite Land Rover uh, Pumbaa. Yep. And he had, you know, he's BMW gave him a motorbike. So all these adventures, he's just going on adventures. And one of the things that I love about him so much is his, in terms of the meaning of his stuff is he has always been sort of in a sense, in many different senses where I want to be in my life. Right. And he continues to be that. And so a lot of, I would watch him. One of the reasons I would watch him is because he inspired me to continue to close the gap between me and the things I love about him. Right. And his. Uh, In what way? Uh, OK, so well, traveling for one, his financial independence, this idea that he can that he is he's making money doing the thing that that he loves. Right. And that he has such freedom 
seemingly. At least from you know from my perspective, right. he has. So even if it's not what's actually going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. to an extent, what I'm seeing, I'm, I have this persona of him that I understand may not be completely accurate to right. what I, I think it's fairly accurate, but maybe it's not quite completely accurate, and that's okay, honestly, because I I I can see I can understand how to not make that be an unhealthy thing. Right. But I look at him in his house in you know South Africa, and I go, that's really interesting, like. I, I, I love his house. I love that he can, uh, and I, I love that he can make his money on a daily basis, coming working with other brands that say, "Hey, we'll fly out to this place and just talk about our hotel as you go." Right. Through. Yeah, that's that sort of thing, and it's sort of vague. I, I suppose it's hard to yeah. nail it down. It's like Jello on a wall. Yeah, thing, right? <laughs> uh, it's hard to nail down, but it's just like I, I just uh, everything about his lifestyle is really interesting right. to me. And so I'm inspired by that. And so I use him as a means to inspire me to keep working hard towards what I'm after. But he's also not, he's all, his entire persona is not about working. Right. It's about a lot of other things. Whereas a lot of creators, their entire persona is about working. And there's a place for that, but, you know. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> uh, favorite, so this may be within the YouTube realm. Okay. But... This one will may set set itself apart as well. Favorite uh, filmmaker? Ooh, interesting. Um, ready for that one, were you? Kind of cliche, but uh, I always enjoy a Wes Anderson film. Okay, <laughs> without a doubt. I, you know, to be honest, I'm not I'm not much of a cinema um, junkie. What film did he make that I would know? He's done Moonrise Kingdom. He's never done uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Heard He's of it, never seen, seen it. Royal Tenenbaums. Never seen it. Um, the new one that just came out, Isle of Dogs. Okay, never seen it. Oh man, you're missing out. I'm sorry. I need to. I, I really need I need They're to. Good. Uh, I need to dig more into Because I love, when I find a really solid movie, I, a film, film mm-hmm. it's the correct terminology, film. film. I don't want to offend anyone. Uh, I, I I am immersed in it. I absolutely love it. Like I've always loved uh, like the Coen Brothers. Like the oh, stuff yeah, that they've put out, super unique and interesting. I've always loved their style. Yep. I've always loved this sort of their styles have a their style has a lot of uh, you can find a lot of sort of simple lockdown shots that mm-hmm. are just beautifully composed. Yep. And. And this isn't the Coen Brothers, but like even Napoleon Dynamite, I think is a beautifully sh- filmed film. <laughs> it's a great movie. Like dude. the way that they shot the, their angles and the oh, way yeah. that everything is and that the whole colors. Movie was great. Yeah, the color palette of the entire movie. Oh, all dude, of that. You need to watch Wes Anderson. He, I, I, it's all yeah. about color palettes and. I've sort of seen his stuff. It's I just very theatrical. It yeah, it's you like it. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. and um, so I, I'm that that stuff to me is is mental candy. So I'll, I'll have to check that out. For yeah, sure. They're good. Uh, okay. Favorite... Super rewatchable too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Favorite filmmaker. I didn't really think about this one a lot. So I, what I'm going to, I could have a better answer for this, but I will pick a film instead of a filmmaker. Okay. So I'm going to break my own rule. Uh, one of my favorite films of all time is a film called Undercity. You ever heard of this it. one? Okay. No. So this one is, I originally found it on Vimeo. Okay. And it is a 20 or so, 20, 30, I think it's 20, 25 minutes. Sometimes. It's a video back in the beginning stages of DSLR cinema photography. 
when you had the 5D Mark II. Prime time, dude. Everybody's heads exploded out of oh, their yeah. ears because they were like, what? I can make this look like a movie because, yeah. you know, it's full frame. I can uh, can put a lens on the front that's F1.2. That was and, super, and then, yeah, super exciting. And then it's like, how can we figure out how to get only your eyelash in focus? Yes. That's going to be the style for the rest of eternity. And... Luckily, we pulled back from that a little bit, even though I did enjoy a lot of that. I love that. That's like what made me become a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, and it's I I, I was definitely in that realm for a long time. It's a, it's a really beautiful look, but um, so right when that sort of came out, I think this is I'm setting this up because I think this was a big part of why this film got some recognition. There was a guy who took a 5D Mark II, I think it was, and a shoulder mount. And followed this guy who was an explorer through the subway tunnels of New York City. <laughs> cool. So this guy, this this guy who he was filming is just his. It's his hobby. It's his pastime to illegally wander through the tunnels, the subway tunnels in New York City. And so I recently visited New York City, so I was able to kind of like it. Sort of came full circle for right. me, and I, I think maybe it reminded me of the film. But uh, so the beginning of the film is just him walking making the they're just walking through a subway tunnel and then he's looking for workers and they're talking a little bit and then and it's just one guy with a run and gun camera which right. has always been my favorite kind of filmmaking right right documentary style yeah and so he he wanders down into the tunnel and they're looking for trains and he's like telling him hey by the way and the guy has like this super sort of a laissez faire i suppose type of personality towards what he's doing and right. everything just like doesn't give a crap kind of guy. Whatever. Like, I don't we'll be fine. Yeah, I don't care. What you, right, right. And it's it's sort of this humor of the, the juxtaposition. Right. And so at one point he's like, hey, uh, so make sure you don't touch the third rail. That'll kill you quick. <laughs> and make sure uh, when the when the tracks change, uh, make sure your foot's not in between it because it'll catch your foot. <laughs> so it's just oh this, gosh, all this, dude. you know. And so they're just wandering through the tunnels and hiding this. and... And it's another thing was the low light capability. That was right. a big deal. Yeah. Like everybody was freaking out about how you could shoot in, in, in low light situations, yep. and um, and the 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 five D Mark II could pull that off well. And so, and it's still once again, it still holds up. Like it's still uh, timeless right. in in the way that it was filmed, the way that it looks, and. So, you know, the train's coming by. There's one point where they wander into a subway, uh, old subway station that was built a long time ago, and they don't use it anymore because the new subway trains are built differently, and the subway station was actually curved, and the trains couldn't... When they come through there, they make a horrible screeching sound. And so uh, they wander into the subway station that you're not allowed to go to, and beautiful tiling on the roof. It's oh, just, cool! It's really, yeah, and so uh, there's a point where, and there's, there's this tension throughout the whole thing because you're you you're not told anything about what's happening really. You just start to learn. Okay, this guy likes to wander the subway tunnels. Right. The whole time you're thinking, I'm about to watch someone die. <laughs> like that's that's sort of in the back of your head the whole time. I love that though. Right, right. That was and, really exciting. <laughs> right, right. And so he. Uh, so the, there's one point where the train comes and they have to hide behind a thing so that the train doesn't see them and and uh, and then he they have to get the most tense part of the video is when they have to get out of a tunnel that doesn't have sort of walls where you can get right away from the train 
And so they, you hear, he's talking about something. He's like, oh, yeah, remember I showed you this thing. And all of a sudden you hear the sound of uh, a track shifting or oh, a train gosh. or something like this. No. And all of a sudden you're like, you just hear a train coming and they're running. And so as you're watching this, like as somebody who loves documentary films, I'm like, Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> so anyway, they wander and explore, and it's beautifully filmed, and it's super simple. It's super minimalistically oh, yeah. filmed. I need to go watch this. It's really good. I'll show you. I'll show you maybe after this. Very quickly, we're gonna cut this off super quick because we've hit thirty minutes, oh, and we don't want our cameras to explode. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hi, we're back. Next, we're going to talk about very briefly. What is your favorite? musician Ooh, tough one this is hard because i go between liking more like digital hip-hop electronic music and then back to more like analog like guitar and drum kind so of i'm just music. hearing kanye west that's all i'm hearing from you right now no no okay. not so much not right. so much with this crazy tirade recently <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's make this political that'd be, that'd be a fun way to that's not <laughs> politics get me just getting uh, on. I think get everybody, man. Uh, no. um, everybody. Let's see. I'm going to go with, because I just, I always go back to him, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. What? Yeah. All right. Well, banned. we're off to a good start with the name. I'm they're, sure something is they're bound to follow that is wonderful. Yeah. They came out with five albums last year. Okay. In a single year. Okay. Um, But they jump around a lot. They go from like, five just albums. like acid punk like hardcore <laughs> in your face to like really chill like acoustic only like jazzy stuff mm-hmm. um to like this weird like middle eastern vibe mm-hmm. it's all over the place but they are so good mm-hmm. um their live shows are just over the top they're a crazy band they're like really, energy wise yeah okay and they're like they i feel like they're really pushing the edge when it comes to music it's just something totally new and really mm-hmm. interesting and they just do some weird stuff and i love it mm-hmm. they're way good super cool i'll yeah. check them out yeah uh I, it's funny you say that this is by no means one of my favorite bands but you just said like they're kind of all over the place the craziest band i've ever i've ever seen uh not like live but i've experienced is there's a band called the locust <laughs> Okay. And they're, I don't even know what they are. They're, I guess you would consider them a hardcore band. They're okay. pretty intense, but there's no melody to what they're doing. <laughs> it's just, it's noise and chaos. Is it like a noise band? Because that's an actual genre. It, uh, you could call it that. Okay. I don't know. I've never heard of a noise band, so I don't know weird. what that means. It's like not really music. Yeah. It's just, well, like, sounds it's just like, like didgeridoos and, and goats and stuff. And it's, I, don't, it's, I can't even explain it. Okay. It's so weird. Okay. Well... So, uh, with this band, what you have is they literally dress up like a bunch of locusts on stage. <laughs> and the music is just like, <laughs> like, it's just, Whoa. it's crazy. It, it's, it's outrageous. All right. It's, the reason I watch them is because it's just so hilarious <laughs> to watch them live. I get that. Like, it's, they're, they, and, and they are sort of, you know, they're getting into it. They're right freaking you know <laughs> and so it's a lot of fun to watch it's fun because you watch the people in the crowd yep. they don't know what beat to follow because there's no beat <laughs> so they're just like uh, like you have all these like the, yeah. the, you know these uh you have all these kids who have you know family issues and they're, <laughs> they're very emotional and they're just like like they don't know what to do at me. <laughs> yeah and uh okay so i mentioned under oath a second ago but i'm gonna go another 
couple of realms. Okay, first off, and did you know I'm a musician? I didn't know that. I, did. I was going to ask you about the little keyboard over oh, there. Oh, yeah. That's not that's not what I do well. Okay. <laughs> that's what I do mediocrely. That's what I can do well. But, okay, cool. Uh, I've been playing drums since I was four. Oh, sick. Yeah, so I, so I can talk about music. Mu- music? I can talk... got my syllables wrong here. Music? Isn't that right? Syllables or... I don't know. What's the... Something. Is that syllables? Maybe. That Timbre? You can see how, how much school did for us. Uh, timbre? Maybe. Okay, so uh, so I could talk about music for a long time, I think. I think that's one of the topics I could go on and on about. Because I, just, I really love music. I think, it's, I think it's such a fantastic art form. Uh, there's a band called Snarky Puppy, first off. Do you like Snarky Puppy? That's up there, dude. Yeah, dude. Snarky oh, yeah. Puppy is ridiculous. Uh, I love really complex music, but also complex music that is married with a melody well, okay. right? Like that you can you, you can feel a groove, right. and also there there's an emotionality to it right. that is not just complexity for the sake of complexity. Like I listen to some old composers that people really love, mm-hmm. not often, but every now and then I will, and it's it's complex. And sort of genius, right. but at the same time, I can't feel it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's different. So with Sarky Puppy, it's like you get a lot of complexity. Whenever I listen to it with my wife, it just overwhelms her because <laughs> there's so much going on. Yeah, my girlfriend is not Snarky Puppy is just you take, you, take, you take 16 people who are just the best musicians on the planet and put them in a band. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. hope for the best. Like, Michael Reagan is just unreal. Dude. Yeah, he's ridiculous. And... So I love, uh, there's a song, if I will recommend any song, there's a song called Lingus. You ever heard that one? There's a... That whole a, studio recording that yeah. they did in front of like the audience in the yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah. Just... yeah, so they did this thing where they put all the, they put headphones on everybody in the crowd, uh, just like the musicians would have, and they all and listened to like it. maybe 20 or 30 people. Yeah, it was this, pretty small. Yeah. It was pretty small. They put all the, the headphones on the people, and they all sat in the crowd and listened to the music as it was playing, mixed in their headphones. Yeah. But they're all together in a live setting. It's really interesting. So, which it's, is a great. I, th- I feel like it's better to watch it than like no, watch and listen yeah, rather yeah. than just listen. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's good just to listen to, but watching mm-hmm. it and listening is just a whole different experience. Well, it's a, it's a it's and it's a great place for a brand deal too for those headphones. But I know. <laughs> uh, so, it sort of has this filthiness factor to it because there are points where you're just like you're laughing because it's so know, good. It's just like what are you? Doing? What is happening right now? <laughs> And there's there's just a legendary synth solo by Corey Henry at the end. Corey Henry's on freaking real and too. Dude. It, dude, him and an organ is another thing, but uh, just inspiring stuff. Like it just makes you want to be a master at whatever you do. Yeah. That that's why I love it. Yep. And I pull that from music. Uh, I pull that from mu- music very strongly. This sort of like I want to be good at whatever I'm doing in my life because I'm watching these people be so good at, right. be so masterful at their thing, right. drums, uh, keys, horns, whatever. And so there's that. Another band that leans way more on the they they are rather complex, and they're the I think they're also a band where sometimes you can't find a course, but uh, but they're more emotional as Bon Iver. I love them. Do you like them? Yeah. So I first found them through a live. Just one guy, isn't it? Well, so the lead guy is Justin Vernon. Yeah. But Boney Bear is the band. It's the ensemble of people. But but he he's obviously the most well known. But my brother's uh, a big fan of him. Yeah, yeah. But their music is just incredibly emotional as well. 
but it's it, I I don't know what genre to put them in. I don't I have no idea. But it's just this beautifully especially the latest album. That one's <laughs> that that one gets that's so cool. He just I think his brain broke on <laughs> like the 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 names the titles like of the it, songs cool. aren't don't resemble anything meaningful unless you know exactly what yeah. he's trying to do in his head. It's just like I some like numbers. I love how it's super, just experimental. And an R. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but everybody, he's he's so well established now. Everybody's like, I'm down with Yeah, him. that's Justin. Okay. He's, yeah. He's insane. Like, yep. let him do his thing, you know? Yep. But uh, but yeah, their, their music is wonderfully melodic and emotional, but also complex and very genius. Yeah. Uh, and, and the first time I found them was live. Uh, was it when. YouTube will stream Coachella live, right? Okay. I found them through that recording, and I think Coachella's changed a lot since then. But I just see this band on stage, and there's like 30 members. It's like an orchestra on stage. There are these lights on these poles everywhere. They're like uh, old. I think the lights, the fix or the the coverings for the lights were these old like power line. Uh, oh crap! It's like a it's what they used to use for power lines, and I think they would wrap the power line around okay. them, and they're glass, yeah, and you can oh, see yeah, through yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And and so anyway, I just see this orchestra, and I'm listening to I what, the song I remember so distinctly was Beth Rest. Okay, you know that one? I think so. Yeah, it's the one that's like super '80s electronic. His voice, he put, he does oh, the, okay, the yeah, vocoder yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and he does a very similar thing on the newer album, but I'm just listening to this and he's got, he has one mic for his normal voice and one mic for his other voice. And I'm listening to this and the drums are so epic because on the song, well, on the, on the recording, they're actually not that epic, but the live version they are. And you give me epic drums and I'm going to love your band. So it was just like these like eighties reverbed drums (laughs) like that. (laughs) And I'm I'm just watching this and I'm blown away. It's one of the awesome. most beautiful things I've ever heard in my life. They had they had horns on stage. They had there's this guy, this black guy with an afro who's their auxiliary drummer, and he's just he's got a triangle. He's just going yes. at it over here. But it's the emotionality of the music. I think is what I love so much about it. It's it's something that sort of speaks to you in a way that you can't quite maybe. It's hard to articulate. Right. And that's. That's what music has the power to do, I think. And I think the all art has its own version of that. But I think it's, we were talking about just before we started, it's like super important to be inspired by a a diverse set of influences from all sorts of different art forms, even outside of what you would call a traditional art form. I pull inspiration from so many things. And I've, I've also grown this affection for like efficiency, and I uh, and I learned a lot of that from working at Starbucks, a coffee shop. It's like it's it's all efficiency, yep. right? And and it's efficiency mixed with trying to interact with the customer. So you you have to deal with um, you have to deal with doing things as quickly as possible. And so I found the value of that. I was like, oh man, it's intoxicating to yeah. try to figure out how to do things faster yep. and make systems. I love that stuff. So uh, all of that makes you a more diverse creator, I think. Would you Agreed. agree? Yeah. I think it's touching on what you said earlier, kind of taking a step back, is when you were talking about seeing someone being so good at what they do that it inspires you mm-hmm. to be good at what you do. So like the other day, this is super random, I went to Stars on Ice. 
Okay. My girlfriend's grandparents bought us tickets, and we went in. And we were like, "This will be this will be interesting." It's all the Olympic ice skaters. Oh, like okay. Figure skaters. Okay. And they all do a bunch of numbers to songs or whatever. Wow. Um, and we went Kanye, and we were like, "Lots Kanye probably." There wasn't. I wish there was though. That would have been interesting. I know that would. Um. Anyways, they. Uh, Jesus. They're insane. Yeah. To watch, like. It's just unreal the amount of talent they have, and they truly are like the greatest in the world at what they do. Mm-hmm. So watching that, I stepped away, and it was, I don't know how to ice skate. Like, I've been maybe twice in my life, and I wasn't that good. You don't know anything about the logistics no, of it. No, yeah. but it was so inspiring to see how incredible they were mm-hmm. that it, it instilled some influence in me to be better at what I do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, to take your uh, your... Uh, your fish restaurant business more seriously. Yes. Right? <laughs> Sorry, I touched your hand. I hope that wasn't weird. That was my knee. You're good. Oh, okay. It was. Oh, okay. It was fleshy. Was... <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, okay. We'll wrap this one up. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts. And thank you so much for watching. I think we should do more of these. These sure. are fun. Yeah, these are fun. Have a lovely day. Goodbye.